You're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, episode number 54. So in this episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast, I am so excited that we are talking about how to make room for yourself, how to make space for the new version of you that you want to become. Because here's something that I've discovered recently in my group program from Pitch the Podcast Guest. So as the name implies, my students, they are taught from A to Z what the process of podcast guesting is. From where they share their story, they refine their message, to researching the podcast, pitching the podcast, and what to do when they're on the podcast, and post-promotion. So they learn everything, but something that I've discovered is that the how-to isn't what's holding them back. There's another block there, and it's a block of visibility. There are some old conditioning and some old beliefs that are still lingering in their system and in their space, and because of that, it's preventing them from moving forward. And so that's the context of podcast guesting for visibility, but this also applies to you if you're in a phase of your life where you are shifting your offers, you're shifting your messaging, or depending on whether you have an offline business, maybe you're shifting your entire business model offline to online. And in order to make these changes, we often have to let go of what we already have. And that is really scary for some people. And so that's why this conversation that I have today with my special guest, we're going to be addressing literally what you can do to acknowledge these changes and some step-by-step on what we can do. And I love that we get super, super like intuitive with our conversation. So I am so excited to introduce you to Belinda Weaver who is going to be speaking with us about how we can really step into this new version of ourselves without losing ourselves in the process. And by the way, just on a side note, in regards to recording, what I love as well is that um, so Belinda and I, when we were speaking, it was around just past six in the morning for her time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. <laughs> Bless her, right? I mean, I don't think I can do an interview at six in the morning, but luckily she's a morning person, so it worked out. But there was one part in the interview where her daughter came into the screen and she was just making it work. And I love that because I'll have to be super vulnerable here and say that a part of me believes that when I have children in the future, that my business won't be able to run in the way that it already is right now. And maybe it's a good thing. But there is a little fear that I won't have time for my business, right? And I know that there are so many mumpreneurs and papapreneurs in the audience today. And so that's why I just wanted to acknowledge you for being able to run a business with children. And it's just because I'm not quite there yet in that phase of my life. But I love that what Belinda demonstrates, that you make space for the things that matter most to you. So obviously that's going to be the family that you have, your loved ones and the impact you want to make with the business too. So I just love that live demonstration. And so just in case you hear a couple of noises in the background, um, that is just um, because Melinda's daughter was there as well, which again, I totally appreciate. And many podcasters (laughs) um, I've been speaking with recently, they do have, you know, uh, children who are coming into the conversation or um maybe some like fairy friends too (laughs) they're fairy family members with a cat or a dog or something different but i love that though because we can't pretend that the stuff isn't there 
We have to acknowledge that it's there and that's a big part of the conversation today. So if you're ready to make room and make space and nurture your confidence so that you can step into this new version of you, you're going to want to listen to this episode. This is the place to be if you want the courage to live your life and run your business in a way that's true to you. Contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. But here's the thing, there's no time for you to be playing small anymore because you can make an impact on the people you want to help in this world by showing up and owning your message. And it is my personal mission to support you on your journey with every single episode. I am your host, Meike Sang, and it is my honor to welcome you to The Quiet Rebellion. Let's dive in. Hello, my dear Quiet Rebels. I am so excited for our conversation today. Literally, when I was speaking with my guest, I just got so excited when she brought this idea. I was like, okay, this is so needed to be talked about. And we're talking about all things making the space for your next stage of growth. And so I'm so, so excited to introduce you to Belinda Weaver of Copyright Matters. So Belinda, thank you so much for gracing the Quiet Rebels audience with this amazing topic today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. When when you responded so positively this with to this idea, I was also very excited because I love talking about what we're talking about today. Mm, 100%. And uh, so Belinda and I, we actually met at TCC IRL, which is a conference I've referenced in quite a few episodes now. <laughs> I met so many amazing people. And actually, Belinda and I, we were like ships passing in the night because we actually didn't meet then. But I love that we managed to connect in another way because she was actually on stage on um, on a panel and she talked about this concept of a yay file. So I'm not going to give all the things away right now, but that's something that we look forward to. And especially because it's such a fun name, a yay file. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, um, Belinda, tell us, like, tell us about you know how you got into you know the current work that you do now at Copyright Matters, and what's inspired you to talk about this conversation about making space for our growth. Yeah, well, I've been a copywriter since 2009. I actually wrote copy before then. I was in a marketing job full time, and like many of us, I was realizing that the job I was in was not where I wanted to be for the rest of my life. So I started asking myself some really big questions that I'd never really asked myself before. And I went to a sales day presentation and I found out about copywriting. And before, even though I was in marketing, I didn't realize copywriting was a thing that I could do on its own. And that moment for me changed everything about how I think about work and the work I actually did. So I I took six months. I had copywriting as my side gig. And I built the business up until I was pretty much earning my full-time salary from my side gig while I was working full-time. And I knew that if I just had more time, I could get more clients. So that was when I jumped ship, went full-time as a copywriter. And since then, I have moved to England, moved back, moved from Australia. When I say back, I mean to Australia. I've moved from Australia to the US. My business has changed from working one-on-one with clients to having courses and a membership. And so it's been through this real evolution Mm -hmm. as I've had kids and I've moved and I've seen what other people are doing and hooked on to more ideas about what I want to do with my career and my life. 
Wow, you've done so much. And wouldn't that be amazing? Because I know that there are a couple of quiet rebels who are listening right now who are at that stage where their business is still a side hustle. So could you kind of like speak to, um, you know, this group right now about how that felt for you? Like, what did it take for you to have the courage to take the leap? I'm sure the financial conversation helped, but was there anything else that helped you to make that decision to take the big leap? Well, it really came from discovering something like it really was a moment. Like I even get sweaty talking about it now. <laughs> when I discovered that copywriting was a thing I could do for my business, mm. I discovered a drive and a passion and a purpose, super buzzword alert, that I just hadn't had before. Like it really did change everything for me. And so what I would say is if you've hit upon the idea then you know whether you want to admit that you know the idea or not. Mm-hmm. Once you've discovered the thing that you really want to do, then you can't forget it and you can't stuff it down. You have to drive it forward in some way. Right. I totally agree with that because I think many of us reach a point where there is a rebellion within us, hence you know the Quiet Ripples podcast, that we want to unleash to the world. But like yourself, you know, I think rebellions uh, or just being a rebel in general is kind of like it's often associated with being like this loud abrasive type and there are rebels like that which is totally fine but us quiet rebels here you know it's all about just finding another way and honoring that voice that is within us and you know just being able to have the courage to take that leap so thank you so much for sharing that and um, you know for all the quiet rebels who are listening right now who you're still in that transition phase from corporate to an online business you know listen to that voice because it's telling you something that's going to guide you to a life that you would love living in absolutely yeah so Belinda that was your story. So I'm curious, like what, what have you seen with the people that you serve that's kind of like stopping them from moving forward? So um, this whole conversation about, you know, creating space for the next stage of growth, what do you see happening when we don't create this space? It happened to me. It happens to me all the time. Um, I'm just a bit more aware of the signals now, but it also happens to a lot of the copywriters in my membership where we might have the best processes in the world and the best templates and we're really good at writing copy. And so we've got all these kind of technical skills in the bag. But what happens is when we get to the precipice of taking a leap, and that might be a big client, it might be a speaking opportunity, it might be just something we've never done before, but we secretly really, really want. Mm. It feels like we're on a cliff Mm. and that's when we get in our own way. And, you know, we might think I'm not sabotaging myself. Like this is something I really, really want, Mm. but we do. And that's what I notice most often. So it's really, and this is what we're talking about. We're talking about nurturing not only our skills and our relationships, but our confidence so that when we get to that moment, we've got the ability to move past it because it's not a precipice. It's just a step up, but it's a really scary step up sometimes. So, you know, I think a lot of us feel safe in process and skills and relationships because we can measure those and we can, we have a stronger feeling about those, but it's the uncertainty, the confidence that can really take us down if we haven't made space for it. Mm, oh my gosh yeah I think you're just like speaking to everyone who's listening right now because it is so so safe for us to you know continually like working on the skills like oh I want to perfect it so I just put myself out there 
but it does feel like you're literally on a cliff when you're trying to make this jump. It's still sad to actually see so many super talented and well-meaning, big-hearted people who do have everything that it takes to make a difference to people, but this holds them back. So what can we do so that we do nurture our confidence because the phrase fake it till you make it does not run well <laughs> with us. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. And you know, when people do fake it till you make it, like I, I remember I did that once in my early days when I lacked a lot of confidence because of my appearance and being Asian and being young. And I felt like I had to wear these super fancy clothes and had like the, the fancy background and everybody who's ever seen this picture that I'm referring to, which I'll pop for my email list to look at. But that picture, when people see it, they're like, that's not you, McKay. And that's because I faked it. And never again will I ever do that. So like, how can we get started in actually like really stepping into this new version of ourselves? And what do we need to let go of perhaps um, in order to make this space? Well, one thing I heard quite recently, I think there's two parts to it. There's, there's like the big picture part and there's the daily stuff that we yes. can do. When we're thinking about the big picture stuff, I heard recently this idea of be, do, have. So rather than faking it till you make it, there's a couple of thought processes that you can do. Outline what it is you want to have. So that's the have. So even though it's be, do, have, you start with the have. What is it you want? What does that vision look like? Then ask yourself what you need to do to get there and then consider who you need to be to get there. And so that's just a way to kind of think about where you want to go because I think we often do it the other way. We think, oh, well, who do we need to be? What do we need to do? And then what are we going to have? But start with the end in mind. And then flipping that fake it till you make it thing, and this really changed a lot of things for me where I was told, don't fake it till you make it, act as if. So Mm. in a moment where you're not feeling very confident and it might be writing an email, it might be sending a pitch, it might be responding to an invitation or it might be just embracing an idea, act as if you're someone you really admire. What kind of person says yes to this opportunity right now. And so you might have someone in mind where you're like, oh, I wish I was more like insert name of person. And so in those moments where you're not very courageous, what I do is I go, I'm going to act as if, like what does Amy Porterfield decide right now? Mm. That kind of thing. And that can help me kind of step into a bigger space and it doesn't really matter who that person is. But if you act as if you're already that kind of person and maybe your own version of that person, it can help you make braver decisions that push you a bit further. But then, of course, there's the daily stuff. And I talked about nurturing your confidence. And this is where we bring in the yay file, right? Because I've talked about, you know, you have to nurture your skills. You have to get better at what you do. You have to nurture relationships with people who can help you achieve what you want to achieve. But you also have to nurture your confidence at a daily level. So that brings us back to the idea of the yay file that we mentioned earlier. And this is basically a file of things that make me feel good about myself. These, When I have nice emails from clients or people that I've worked with, my students, things like that, I tag them in my email. When there are 
screenshots, reviews, or any kind of comments, positive comments. I take screenshots and I put them in a file. And this isn't just about building up your ego. So you go, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. This is about nurturing your confidence so that when you have moments where you're having a bit of a wobble, you can read over these comments and remind yourself that you have done good work that you have had an impact and you have helped someone with their own goals. And maybe that's a moment of influence. It's maybe a moment of inspiration. It's changed someone's mind or it's when you delivered great work. But those kind of reminders, it's important to keep looking over them and to publish them in your marketing as well. But that's a file I read a lot because we all have wobbles. And there's the idea of like a new level, new devil. Even mm-hmm. successful people will have wobbles as they approach that next step up. So I have this kind of yay file that it's, as I said, it's great for regular marketing, but it's also great for confidence. But it's more than just kind of reading positive comments. It's about having a look back over your month and your week and your day and your years and reminding yourself how much progress you've made because it's really easy for us to only have our next goal in mind Mm. and we think oh we're never going to get there like that's for someone else that's seems almost impossible and we should absolutely have those goals those crazy goals that we think oh I don't even know if I'm going to get there but Each time we make a step forward, we can often forget to look back. I mean, if I think of the time I sat in that office doing marketing, feeling miserable, and where I am now, they are worlds apart. I have done so much and I have to remind myself now and then because otherwise I'm just looking forward going, I'm never going to get there. And that doesn't make you feel very good. Mm. 100%. And I love this yay file because I have something similar. I call it like a value vault, but yours sounds so much more fun. So I think I'm going to call money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we definitely need to remind ourselves of things that we've accomplished because it is like a goalpost for many of us. Like when you achieve something, we just keep moving forward. So why do you think, um, like, because I know that you, you know, you have a membership and you've had like a mentoring group as well. And so I'm curious to hear from just from your perspective, Why do you think we do that? Why do you think we're so quick to move forward without celebrating? I think it's it's a possibly a really a cultural thing. Like we're told that you are successful when you achieve certain milestones. And the Mm -hmm. idea of success in air quotes is really murky and it's really personal. And we tie a lot of our self-worth and self-value to achieving things that other people can see. Like when I reach this financial goal, I will be successful. When I'm on this podcast, I will be successful. When I'm speaking on stage, I will be successful. And until then, I am not successful. Mm -hmm. And so there's this really strong sense of self-worth and value that we link. But then, as I said, we get in our own way, but we just move the goalposts again. Like, oh, and this is something I do where I go, well, yes, I did that, but... And I say, but it wasn't really successful because of all these reasons. And I have to really catch that narrative because I'm the only one that control the story that I tell myself. So I have to make it a good one. And so you have to be conscious of those moments where you are shifting the goalposts and you aren't telling yourself a good story because you can absolutely control those moments. You can 100%. 
And so, Melinda, something that we love doing here at the Quiet Rebels podcast is to actually walk, like do like almost like a live walkthrough or uh, provide an example of the things that we're sharing. So you mentioned like, I love this be, do, have, and then go backwards. Would you be open to sharing what be, do, have means for you? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, this is really interesting. I've not really thought about it in a while. I have it written (laughs) on my board, but it's not something I... See, I don't actively think about it. So, yeah, <laughs> sure, let's do it. All right. So what do you want to have? Well, just going back to these kind of funny goals of success, I would like to I would like my business to have a certain financial income. Mm-hmm. And for that to happen, so then we go mm-hmm. the B, no, B, do have. So what do I need to do to have that financial income? And this is how I break things down. Um, Then I need to increase my reach. So if I'm going to reach a financial goal, I need to have more people knowing who I am and I need to have more people buying my specific products. And that can be as granular as it needs to be. And, And I find making it super granular is very helpful because it turns a big number into something where I'm like, oh, that's this number of people into this. That's actually quite achievable. So then who do I need to be to increase my reach? I need to be someone who steps out of their comfort zone a bit more. I need to be someone who doesn't wait for opportunities to come to me. Mm. I need to be someone who goes after those opportunities. Mm. And in order to go after the opportunities, I need to not only nurture my confidence, but I need to be much more attuned into how I can serve other people. Mm. So the biggest transition for be, do, have for me, if I'm going to have that financial goal that we all have in our mind, then I need to dial more closely into how I can serve other people and I need to be more proactive about making opportunities happen. I also need to be the kind of person who grows a team and doesn't try to do everything themselves. (laughs) Oh, yes. Do you have a team now, um, you know, to help? Or actually, wait, I know you do have an assistant, especially to help you with social media, but do you have any other team members that are on the horizon? <laughs> I would say, no, I don't. But this year I sat down and I was like, well, I actually have a virtual assistant who helps me with a lot of admin, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I have a graphic designer that I give all my design stuff to because she's brilliant. Um, so it's a small team, but actually I do have this small team. It's people I regularly get me to help on things that I can't do myself or that I'm not very good at doing myself or is not a valuable use of my time. But over the next year, I want to grow that virtual team. And that means letting go of things because I want to control everything. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to believe that someone else can do something as well as I can. (laughs) But if I want to be, do, have, then I can't do all the things. It's that simple. Okay. First of all, your be, do, have is very similar to uh, my own as well so with regards to the have there is a certain financial goal that I would love to be able to reach so that I can also have so it's another part of the have you know to be able to bring on my current VA full-time because day one she has blown my socks off (laughs) she has been absolutely brilliant and it's been a blessing to have her in my life so I can't even 
begin to imagine like what life is without her. And it's only been a couple of weeks, okay, at the time of this recording. And so that's with in regards to the have. And in order to reach this financial goal, what I need to do is to to actually be more vocal with offers because there are many places um, in my business where my mentors have told me you should mention it here and what you said about the A file earlier to you know to share those wins online so people can consistently see what you can do for people so that's what I need to do definitely need to make more offers and to price accordingly because I've undercharged so much in the past and mm-hmm. the person I need to be is someone who still always comes from a place of service but in doing so doesn't mean that I don't go after things because I think especially at the time of this recording we're still quite fresh to the um, pandemic but even if this episode is being tuned into like you know years from 2020 um, this is still relevant that the person that you do need to be still needs to be of service but in order to make everything happen I, I don't know if this is making sense but <laughs> that what I envision is that I think many people actually hold back from serving because they're worried about being opportunists. Uh, people take yes. advantage of the situation. And can you speak to that? Because being proactive, it takes a lot of courage because of this risk and worry about being perceived as an opportunist. You know, someone who doesn't is almost like as if they're tone deaf to the situation. So, what? How do you strike that balance, personally? I'm very curious about that. If that's a really great question because. Do you know what? It's all about the story you tell yourself. And that's a Brené Brown, you know, idea, but it's absolutely, I'm very strong on having a positive dialogue with myself. I have to be kind to myself. So what I found is when I've been worried about things like that, worried that I'm a too braggy or worried that I'm being opportunistic and that I'm being tone deaf and things like that, What I found is that people have responded in such a positive way and gone, oh, no, not at all. My group, my, the room, this, you know, all these people found that so incredibly valuable that the story I was telling myself was just not true at all. So I think if you are genuinely coming from a place of helping people and sharing your sharing your impact and influence, then you have to catch those moments where you're telling yourself, oh, stop being so braggy, like stop trying to be everywhere all the time. You're not helping, you're just being opportunistic because that's your point of view and it's not a positive one and it's not the way everyone else is seeing it. So double down on coming, genuinely trying to help people and if that's what you're doing, then you have to catch that voice and say, thanks very much but you can go now because that's not what's happening here. Thank you so much for that permission sandwich. <laughs> so that's, that's- And I think like w- what you've been talking about here is being proactive and it takes courage and I love that. And the, the whole idea of the be, do, have is also not saying, oh, there is an opportunity and I'm not enough. It's saying, who do I need to become to have all the things that I want? Mm, yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. And by the way, for those who are wondering, like, why do we suddenly laugh at permission sandwiches? That, <laughs> that is um, something that we learned from one of the first speakers at the event where we were passing like ships in the night. 
<laughs> the yes. permission sandwiches um, are often what you know we do need to dish more of them out to the people we serve because there's so many people like who hold back because they are so they have so much compassion and so much empathy towards others in the situation because granted there are more people affected financially than there are others and you know for many of us who aren't as financially affected it almost feels like oh I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be okay because everyone else is like not necessarily okay you know so it's yes. finding this balance between that compassion about not holding back on your gifts that you share. yes that's exactly right and what we tell ourselves is usually 90% not true so just be <laughs> aware of that <laughs> yes 100% oh Oh my gosh. So Belinda, thank you so much for sharing this like really simple, but so impactful. We do have sort of framework that we have together. So um, as we like, I can't believe that time's already passed so fast, but like as we kind of like wrap up towards this conversation, is there anything else that you feel like, oh, we definitely need to talk about this in regards to making space? And maybe if we could speak more about letting go. So we talked about letting go of these thoughts that may or may not be true. <laughs> Normally they're not true, especially if they're negative ones that kind of catch you and make you feel like an absolute imposter. But it's because mm-hmm. there's, there's a finite amount of space in our lives and in our heads and in just everywhere that we can, you know, put things into. So do you have any other thoughts about letting go and like, you know, for the things that just don't serve us anymore? I think one of the keys is, having some self-awareness mm. like my husband always jokes he goes oh my god you're the one of the most self-aware people I've ever met like I really <laughs> do think very carefully and deeply about how I treat myself how I talk to myself and how that influences how I behave and how the other people around me behave and think and sometimes we, it can go too far like sometimes the self-analysis can be a little crippling but I just think having some awareness of where you want to go and what you're going to do to get there and repeating it again, who you need to be. You don't need to be a different person, but you need to be able to push yourself a little bit where it really matters. And when you are dialed in to those thoughts that are really holding you back, when you're at least conscious of them happening, you can catch them and you can stop letting them control you. Like it doesn't mean that I never have those thoughts. Absolutely. But it's just my amygdala going, don't change, don't grow. It's scary. You might fail. And yeah, you might fail. And embracing failure, as scary as it is, is also a really important moment. So just catch those moments in how you talk to yourself, acknowledge them, but then keep going because you will achieve so much more if you can keep going. Mm, I agree with that completely and I hope it's all right if I share with you and um, our audience here two proactive ways that I do catch myself in these moments so number one is a physical thing so I call it it's not a test it's like the hug method I suppose (laughs) oh nice yeah so it's really lovely because um when we are worried or anxious about something often that our sympathetic nervous system is firing off. So it's our fight or flight. And often our heart rate goes higher. We start sweating profusely and, you know, we just feel like really nervous, right? And a way you can actually stop that 
from a physical standpoint is actually hugging yourself really tightly because you know that actually helps to activate the parasympathetic nervous system where your heart rate goes back down and you're, you're breathing more evenly and everything and so that's something that I actually do I also say this out loud to myself because you got to think whenever you're faced with a stressful situation it's your body that's actually just trying to look out for you just as you said you're making it like oh you know don't change I'm not used to all this and everything and we need to be able to kind of like acknowledge and overcome it so ignoring it is the worst thing you can do <laughs> um, but a great way is to acknowledge yourself first physically by hugging yourself and then I say thank you body for looking out for me I literally say that because, or thank you, mind, and thank you, body, for looking out for me. Because it always is looking out for you. It's not trying to stop you because you're not good enough. It actually is trying to stop you because it's protecting you from this area of unknown in your life. So that's what I do on a physical standpoint. And something that I recently learned is a worry tracker. I have a worry tracker. So the worry tracker is where you literally note down your worries and you actually just like give yourself full permission to free write and everything. And then you actually take a moment, acknowledge your worry, and you actually see, like try to see underneath what's the real thing that's happening here. And when you track your worries for say a week, you actually have um, a lot of material to go on what are the frequent patterns that are stopping me from moving forward? That's what happens to me. And um, those are two exercises I encourage each and every one of you to take away as well, because it is, it's been extremely powerful for me. And I hope it's going to be helpful for you if you choose to implement it into your life too. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I'm a journaler as well, morning pages and stuff like that. And I just think acknowledging and being aware of those kind of things is so important to your journey going forward. Mm, 100%. Oh my gosh. So thank you for uh, letting me like just like share that. And so, okay, let's start um, thinking about just one thing that we can do. So we've already recapped the be, do, have, and that's when you actually reverse engineer the process, focus on what you want to have, what you need to do, get super granular about it, and then like just acknowledge the person that you are right now and who you need to in order to move forward with all these things so Belinda if you were to just like encapsulate just one thing that we can walk away with today to make the space for our new selves what would you recommend us do oh it's so hard to pick one so firstly start collecting a yay file but that's not my tip. I think it's becoming more aware of how you are talking to yourself in these moments, because if you can catch that negative dialogue with yourself, it really will start to change everything. You have to be able to, and I know it's not easy. It's not as easy as just saying, oh, I'm going to catch myself in negative thoughts. I mean, I do meditation every morning to try and pull myself out of those moments, but it's really important to be aware of when you're self-sabotaging yourself because when you're aware of it, then you can start to change the way you talk to yourself. And if you can change the way you talk to yourself, then things will start to change from there. So if I had to pick one thing apart from the A file, it would be to try and catch those moments. Mm, I love that. And I totally agree. They, When you do have this awareness of how you speak to yourself, you'll never speak to a friend the way that you speak to yourself so oh, yeah. that's that's also another thing that I start doing like 
how would I actually speak to a friend? Because you are your own best friend, right? You only ever have you for your entire life. So might as well make friends with yourself. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Belinda, this has been such an enlightening conversation. So thank you so much. And for those who would love to get to know you better and to connect with you, where can we go online to find you? Well, of course, like most of us, I'm on social media way too much, but my <laughs> website is my hub and that is copyrightmatters.com. And I have a ton of content about copywriting, becoming a copywriter and all those kind of things. So there's, you know, free and paid. It's all there, but you can also connect with me on social media. And I'd love to continue this conversation with people who are interested because it is so far up my pipe. I love this stuff. Mm, yes. And which social media platforms uh, can we reach you on? Uh, where are you the most? I'm on Facebook the most, but you can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter and right. Instagram and all YouTube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know but Facebook's pop, where I hang out. I'll pop all the links into uh, the show notes so that way we can connect with you <laughs> uh, wherever we mutually hang out. Um, but Facebook is your number one and your website. Yeah. All right. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. So Belinda, I've got two final questions for you. So number one, I'm so excited to hear your, your answer for this one. So what makes you a quiet rebel? I think it's the desire to have impact and influence. I really, since shifting my business from working only one-on-one -on -one with clients to having a courses and coaching membership, I have had so much joy from seeing other people achieve closer to their full potential. And I've realized this is my vibration zone. Like this is where I have most joy with my work. But I'm sure like many people, I'm kind of uncomfortable with some of the things I need to do. Like I talked about incre increasing my reach, but it does make me a little bit uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think what I love about the idea of a quiet rebel is someone who does want to have impact and influence, but doesn't necessarily want to do that without substance. Mm -hmm. And there's this idea that you can do that without being in all the places and being really brash and being really, you know, aggressive and stuff like that. So I love the friction in that idea because I want the impact and the influence, but I don't want to do things that make me uncomfortable as a person. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love that answer. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I think it makes all of us quite rebels. are super proud to be like who we are as well. So thank you. And my final question for you. So for those who are frequent listeners of the Quiet Rebels podcast, they know what's coming next, but just in case for those of you who are listening, um, if you're a first timer and this is a brilliant episode to start um, you know, listening to, by the way, just so you know. So when it gets to this point in the interview, I love asking my guest this one question. So when you hear the sound, it means it's time for a fact of the day. So this is where I ask my special guest to share an interesting fact or a crazy story or just something that we can't find on your website or on social media. So it's just something that only we can know about you. This is a hard one because I'm an extremely transparent person. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's something that no one else knows, but it's not something I've talked about very often. And that's that I trained to be a tap dancing teacher. And Ooh. that was actually my backup career. So when I was shifting from high school into university, I chose to be a computer programmer. 
But, and this has happened each time in when I've done a big pivot buzzword right now, but when I've done a big change, I've always wanted a backup plan. Mm -hmm. So in case the programming didn't work out, I love tap dancing and I loved it. I did it for years and years as a kid and a teenager when it was not cool at all. (laughs) And I did all my certifications up to being a teacher because I thought if the programming doesn't work out, I can always be a tap teacher. So it was just, it was my safety net and I haven't tap danced since then, but it's always in the back of my mind where I'm like, I could do that. I could go back and be a tap teacher. You know, that we have those days where you're like, I'm sick of this. I can't do it. This is too hard. I'm going to, you know, grow vegetables or (laughs) bees or tap dancing. That's my ultimate backup plan. Oh. Oh my gosh, that is so, so cool. And and don't worry, you're not the only one who would like this backup plan. Like, to be honest, I still want to open my own cafe one day. I do, because I miss being a barista. <laughs> I don't miss oh, paycheck nice. account of being a barista, but no, uh, no not at all. Uh, that's a totally different conversation for another day. But I do have that future vision still. And opening a cattery where I look after other people's cats. Because... <laughs> Yes, I love that idea. For me, I would love, the shop I would love to have is one of those antique slash curiosity shops. Ooh, yeah, I see you with one of those. I would love to have one of those. All right, awesome. So so my lovelies, it's totally fine if the current business you you have is not the only business you ever have. You can definitely venture into other things. (laughs) So in the future, you can see Belinda tap dancing in her unique antique shop and I'll be looking after cats. (laughs) with, with <laughs> a freshly made coffee. <laughs> Love it. Lovely. All right. So Belinda, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And I have a feeling that this is not going to be the last time that you're on here. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on this. Oh no. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Oh my goodness. My dear quiet rebel, I really hope that you found this conversation enlightening because for me, it definitely was as I was speaking with Belinda and just now like the after effects (laughs) so if you did enjoy this conversation i really hope that you do implement having a yay file in your life because honestly it's been a game changer for me because i don't know about you but when i grew up i was kind of like told not to celebrate these wins and i distinctively remember there was a time where i'm in school i think i was about 15 at the time my geography teacher she was sharing our grades um, for a recent test that we did. And she, instead of giving all of these grades out privately, she was like reading us off the register and the grade that we achieved. And I'm not sure that was a great idea, but I so remember not wanting to get an A because I didn't want the attention. Because for me, when I was in school, I never celebrated my wins because there was a time where I had some bullies who bullied me because I shone bright in regards to my academics. So I was a quiet kid in school and I did well in school in regards to my you know, academics, but I didn't always get along with my classmates because of these feelings. So I think that you know, as I've gone into business, a part of me still holds back from wanting to share these wins because I worry, what well, if it's going to be something similar? Like if somebody makes me feel as if I make them feel bad because I know that's what it was back in school. 
And it may sound silly, but it still kind of like affects me to this day. And it's a slow but sure process of being able to step out of that. Because here's the thing. I'm going to like quote Marianne Williamson here. There's a part of her famous quote where she shares, there's nothing enlightened about shrinking yourself in order to make others feel good about themselves. And that's something that I want you to take away from our conversation today, my lovely, because it is so true. You have a duty. You have a calling. You have a mission that serves others and to improve their lives and to make their lives better. So don't you dare stop. I want you to really take on this conversation with Belinda and I today to make that space, to nurture your confidence so you step into that next version of you without feeling like a fakey pants, but feeling like somebody who's ready to receive. So if you love this conversation with Belinda and I, please do screenshot this episode and share it all over on social media. And if you're sharing it on Instagram, be sure to tag us. So tag me at Sang, so M-A-I-K-E-T-S-A-N-G, and tag Belinda as well. Hers is Copyright Matters. So copyright is not with the R, it's with the W. So C-O-P-Y-W-R-I-T-E Matters. All right, so I'm going to pop all the links to connect with Belinda in the show notes so you can connect with her on your social media platform of choice. But just in case it is on Instagram, please do tag us there as well because that's definitely where I hang out the most and uh, Belinda also hangs out there too. That's really awesome. (sighs) All right, so thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today. It is not the last kind of conversation that we're going to have with Belinda. I definitely see her coming back onto the podcast. And also, it's not going to be the last conversation we have around this idea of the disability blocks too. So be sure to stay tuned by subscribing to this podcast in case you haven't done so already, so we can help you with your quiet rebellion. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be here, same place, same time, next week. Until then, all the best, and take care. <laughs>